Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You know, this Hurricane Ian, which we're going to be hearing throughout the weekend about people who have been injured or killed uh, by by the storm and and uh, it's one of the reasons I'm like I, I, I'm not going to be given numbers. I don't I don't have numbers to give. I'll wait till the weekend goes and they've had a chance to try and save people's lives or or, or find people and go from there. I mean this is just the storm is much bigger than people thought. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. And, of course, now regaining strength in the Atlantic. It's going to hit Georgia, South Carolina. And then I think the plan is it's tracked at the plan, right? Like someone got together with the hurricane and said, what do you want to do? Uh, it's going to hit the western part of North Carolina as it goes up through South Carolina. Probably be a tropical storm at that time. One of the things that's not being discussed is what this does to the economy. Now, outside the markets, right? The markets are going to do what, what the market's um, going to do. Uh, there is a story out from, from CNBC that core inflation rose 4.9% from a year ago in August and 0.6% on a monthly basis. So that's based on some new measurements which says inflation is going nowhere. That inflation increased, food and energy especially, regardless of what happened in gas prices, which in the Midwest have gone up, you'll notice, or or if you're in central Indiana, you're back at $4 a gallon in a lot of places. And AAA has been discussing the fact that we may very well nationwide get back to five this winter. Never mind what the cost of heating oil is going to be. What I am focused on, and and no one is is talking about yet, so I'm focused on it in its generality. What I am really looking for are those who are in the know who can get into specifics. Is everyone prepared for what this hurricane has just done to the economy? It is not that somehow inflation will increase because of the damage and the destruction of the hurricane. But it could. What really changes is three things. Materials, labor, and used fill-in-the-blank. So let's start with materials. The amount of construction that is now going to happen in South Florida, in the central of Florida, is is untold. You understand that the bridge that connects the mainland of Florida to Sanibel Island is gone. Sanibel Island in many ways is gone. The downtown of of Fort Myers is gone. Fingers Malloy, uh, my co-host for Eat, Drink, Smoke, the Cigar and Bourbon Show. His mother-in-law has a place in in, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, A small uh, place, uh, right? Carport, sunroom. Uh, The carport doesn't exist anymore. The sunroom doesn't exist anymore. The house is still there and they consider themselves lucky. What's so weird is that I, I guess you know when when you know they go down there for the winter, right? Snowbird kind of thing, and and so they keep some of, some of the things they have in the house in in the sunroom, like bikes. So bicycles. The sunroom is gone. The bikes are still there. I don't even know how that's possible. 
Unless somebody, I mean, that's why I saw the photo. Unless somebody, like, put them back up, which wouldn't make any sense. The bikes are exactly in their spot as they were in the sunroom when they put them there and said, okay, we're, we're, we're back to wherever it is uh, we live for, for the summer months. I thought that was crazy. And it's crazy when you look at some of the, some of the footage. Here's one house, totally fine. You, you guys know that when pools in Florida, they have those screened-in lanai's, right? It's to keep the bugs out. That's, that's what they're for. Here's a screened-in lanai, totally fine. Here's a house completely destroyed. They're right next to each other. It's the craziest thing in the world. Crazy. But it happens. Well, what's it going to take to rebuild that sunroom and that carport? But it's not one sunroom and one carport. It's 122,000. I made up a number, but you know that I'm, uh, you, you know what I'm saying. Sunrooms and carports. That's a lot of materials. And that's just sunrooms and carports, not whole houses. How many roofing shingles are now going to be diverted from the 40, we'll talk about the contiguous 47 to the 48th. How many roofing shingles just got rerouted down to Florida? Might be a good time to buy stock in Home Depot in Lowe's. Should I, should I check? Should I be doing that? Honestly, I didn't actually think about that until right now. Literally, I've thought about some other things. Hold on, I'm going to do some stock buying right now. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see where Home Depot is. Let's see. Uh, it's it's it doesn't look like it's up right now. And don't ever ever take trading advice from me. Don't you dare. Oh, but it is up. Home Depot is up a bit today. Oh my gosh. How can you blame them? People are looking and 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 smarter than me, and saying, "Oh yeah." This is what's going to happen. Material costs are going to go up, and material is going to become more scarce in other places because it's all going to Florida. You know what else is going to Florida? Labor. If you are a roofer, you're going to go down to Florida and you're going to work all summer long. Now, unfortunately, there are going to be a fair amount of scam artists who do the same. If you're in tile, if you're in plumbing, if you're in HVAC, if you're in, in just generalized labor cleanup, you're going to be working all winter long. Labor is going to leave areas, and it's certainly going to leave colder areas faster because why not? And there will not only be a shortage of materials for you to be able to engage your project, there will be a shortage of labor to help you take care of that project. The materials that are there will be more expensive, and the labor that is there will be more expensive. That's supply and demand, people. The hurricane has created a new level of supply and demand. And is going to put further strain on an already strained supply chain. So the things that are already hard to find will now become more hard to find because the pressures coming from Florida will be greater. Because there is now double, if you will, and I'm, I'm, you understand that I'm, I'm saying this for effect, not knowing the actual number. But you it's not like I'm making it up like, like, oh no, it won't be double at all or it won't be anything. It's going to be severe. 
you're clearly going to have more need for the for the for the roofing shingle than you had just three days ago. Therefore, the roofing shingle becomes more expensive. These effects on the economy are not just Florida effects. These are on all of us. Now, that, 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 that was uh, construction material. Things like sheetrock, and I said roofing, and certainly things you would do for screened-in porches and carports. And certainly, if you are talking about all the homes that were destroyed, uh, that, that's, a, that's a lot of toilets. That's a lot of toilets. It's a lot of copper. That's a lot of that's a lot of sinks. That's a lot of faucets. That's a lot of showers, shower heads. Uh, best of luck if you're trying to get those kitchen cabinets. You better get those ordered today. And I'm not just saying that because Brewer Remodeling is a sponsor of mine, and they are a sponsor of mine. B o o h e r BrewerRemodeling.com. This isn't an ad for them, although they did my guest bathroom. They do good work. But seriously, they'll tell you there's going to be more stress in these spots. But the one that has really gotten to me, the first one that hit me was, dear Lord, what happens to the used car market? How many cars did you see just floating around? The videos that are most shocking uh, to people are the videos of the sea, basically the Gulf, just coming in and taking over the streets. Filling the streets, flooding the streets. That's when they talk about storm surge, this is what they're talking about. The actual storm, in terms of the rain or the wind, wasn't as damaging, even though it was plenty damaging, the wind, as the rains and the flooding are. That's the one. Because the only answer in the flooding is tear it all down. That's, That's it. So now you've got these cars that are just floating around. You already have an intensity of the used car market because the new car market, because the supply chain doesn't have computer chips. They ain't got no chips. They are chipless. They have no chips. So you don't have as many new cars on there. So you'd add an increase in the pricing in used cars. Now, some people have told me they think that used cars are in a bubble and that bubble's going to pop. We saw in last month's inflation report that used cars went down 0.1%. I believed that to be true until three days ago. I believed that the used car market was going to come down. Now, I'm an outsider looking in. An expert could tell me otherwise, but follow my mathematics. Tell me what you think. Did you see the cars floating? Ryan, Ryan, did you see the cars floating uh, throughout areas of Florida? I did. See, see, Ryan, uh, that's Ryan, by the way. Uh, Ryan saw the cars floating through areas of Florida. Those cars have to be replaced because people are still going to need a car to get from point A to point B. Seems to me that cars are going to be making their way to Florida. Now, I won't even get to the the, the issue when the, the Florida cars start making their way to us. Oh, you know flood cars are coming our way. Check, double-check, and recheck. If you, fight, if you think something's wrong, something is wrong. Go with your gut, baby. Go with your gut. To me, the used car market is about to go nuts. You know what else is going to go nuts? Appliances. Your house just got flooded. That means a new oven, possibly a new refrigerator, possibly a new um, dishwasher. 
Do we have those things in abundant supply right now with supply chain issues? You better order right now. Order right now and figure out where you're going to hold them. How do we not see those things going up? Oh, and used? Because certainly you can get a used refrigerator, you can get a used oven, you can get a used dishwasher. Of course, of course you can. That market's going to explode as well. Because people are going to need things to live while they're trying to figure out what their insurance is going to do. Oh, have we discussed how insurance companies are going to handle this? Are we about to see anybody go belly up? Exactly how many days do you think it would be if you made a phone call right now to your insurance company? How many days before you could speak to a live person? Because everybody and their mother is making a claim at this very second. Everyone is making a claim at this very second. So the pressures are going to be quite unbelievable. Really and truly quite incredible. But these pressures have an effect on us in the Midwest. They'll have an effect on the entire country. And I believe that's true in construction materials. I believe that's true in labor. And I believe that's true in used, name it, specifically used cars. I absolutely believe it to be true to my core. Now, what I'm asking for are people who can tell me why I'm wrong. I don't make a claim to an expertise on these economic issues. Rather, I make a claim that I am aware of the economic issues and I engage them totally. The rational mind says, if you just lost 100,000 cars, people are gonna need those 100,000 cars. They have to come from somewhere. They're gonna come from the used car market. Isn't that an increase in the price of used car supply and demand? That's it. Same thing I did with labor, same thing I did with, with construction uh, materials. I'm off base? Tell me why I'm off base. Explain it. I'm all ears. But if you ask me, I'm doing everything I can now, literally this weekend, because I don't think I'll be able to until sometime late into 2024. No, no, 2023. No, no, early 2024. Oh, you know what? By that time, I've forgotten the thing I want to do anyway. Um, the news out of Florida is not good. And I think it's not going to be good for, unfortunately, a while. We will keep our eyes on the story. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. While it's not something you usually say, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. I, I am just thankful that people have not allowed the story of the death of Kaler, or is it Kyler Ellingson, uh, to be discounted. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today, this is the 18-year-old who was run over by a guy by the name of Shannon Brandt because uh, uh, Kyler Ellingson uh, was a Republican. That's why they, that, that's why they ran him over. This guy, uh, Shannon, decided that the Republicans are all bad. They were after him, which didn't happen, that this kid was part of an extremist group. So the 41-year-olds ran over the 18-year-olds, killing him, claiming that the teenager said, get him. That has not been shown, not been proven at all.
by the way, this guy posted a $50,000 bond, was not placed on house arrest or curfew. This guy is a murderer and is being charged with murder. I am thankful that that is happening. According to North Dakota Highway Patrol, which is where this took place, there is no evidence suggesting that this kid, Ellingson, was part of a Republican extremist group. Absolutely none. Well, of course not. That's what I'm going to say. Of course not. This was a guy who decided, and by the way, the, the reports on him, the stories about him, everybody thought he was a jerk. Everybody thought he was a freak. He's the kind of guy who's always, uh, you know, causing a scene or thought to be a, a, a problem. Um, He's a guy who's been radicalized. That's obvious. Oh, Republican must be after me. I'm going to have to do something. And literally when, when he was in front of the judge, he's like, look, I've got a family. I've, I've got work. I, I, I can't be here all day. I, I mean, that was the response. It was crazy. It was certifiable. But he also thought the people were after him. You know, those, those Republicans. The story should never, ever go by the wayside. This is a giant story. And I know it's a giant story because I can apply the test to it. If a Republican had killed a Democrat, it's you wouldn't even know that there is a hurricane. You wouldn't know that there's a hurricane that's about to make landfall in South Carolina. Charleston, Myrtle Beach is getting the hard side of the storm. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't be close to knowing it. What the hell? That's how I know this is a big story. That's how I know it matters. So I'm very thankful that things are moving as they are. And I'm thankful that that there are others, not just me, who are keeping this story and and reminding people, look what just happened here. Because it needs, people need to be reminded, look what just happened here. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. It was the Bengals over the Miami Dolphins last night, 27 to 15, but that's not the story. The story is that the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins took a hit got whipped around and whipped to the ground with such force. I mean, I wonder if if Tua ever plays football again. That's how rough this was. It wasn't late. It wasn't a penalty, and and nor should have been. It was just... It was just something else. We also have the Colts uh, taking on the Titans this weekend. JMV joins us from 93.5107.5 The Fan. And before we get into the Colts, to see that video uh, of of the Dolphins quarterback uh, getting whipped to the ground, hitting, I mean, first of all, it looked like whiplash. Then it looked like his head hit the turf. Literally, his fingers, he couldn't make a, a fist. They were just in all these different places. It's a frightening thing to watch. He was taken off on a stretcher. What happened, and what's the story now? Well, I mean, it's just playing off of Tony last week where he took a hit like that, and uh, then everybody questioned whether or not he entirely went through 
the NFL's concussion protocol. Uh, he came back, and then the, he was, you know, obviously cleared to play this week, Tony, and they had a short week with the Dolphins, and there had been a question surrounding Tua and whether or not he should be playing. The NFL late last night, I saw, did send out a release stating that the Dolphins went through all checkpoints and hurdles of concussion protocol by the letter of the rule, and he was he was released and good to go. But I think a lot of people just question how he looked last week and then comparison to how it's going to be a short week for them. And, you know, it just, you know, what happened last night was just like the worst-case scenario, certainly for him. And the, the visual is really what does it. I mean, you sit there, and I think you described it aptly right there. I mean, you look at his fingers, you look at how he was. It was uh, frightening moments no doubt, in Cincinnati on that turf last night. But they say that he had movement in his extremities. He got out of the hospital last night after getting checked over, apparently went went back on the flight to Miami with his teammates. So we'll see where it goes. But I think the biggest question is whether or not they did in Miami follow concussion protocol and whether or not um, he was even close to being ready to play in that short week on a Tuesday night as he did last night. The Colts gear up to take on the Tennessee Titans right here in Indianapolis. Uh, Let's talk about last week's win uh, against Kansas City. Uh, You can tell me that it's a win, and a win is a win, and I will absolutely believe you, um, but I don't think the team looked great. I I would still argue there's a tremendous amount for this group uh, to to work on. There were many parts during this game, watching this game, I was like, who, what, what, Matt Ryan? How many fumbles? Why is he running? Where is this offense? line, but I'm an outsider looking in. What are the insiders saying? Well, I'm sitting up in the press box, Tony, on Sunday, and the thing that really got me, because it's the first time I've been up there, they had two road games prior, is seeing how inaccurate Matt Ryan is. Now, granted, he's running for his life most of the time because that offensive line's been a mess to this point, but overthrowing, and maybe more so, Tony, than anything else, not throwing. Missing wide open guys because you're just not getting the football out. And I'm sure a great deal of that has to do with his lack of protection and the cohesion of this offensive line, which has been a mess so far. But that's what stood out to me, and that's what has to be better. I guess you can play off of this if you want to, if you're a Colts fan. That final drive, it looked like that that group offensively, they were on the same page, and they got better. The problem is you don't know what you're going to see against Tennessee coming up on Sunday because this offensive line is the highest-paid offensive line of the NFL, and it should be playing as such. It hasn't been close. And Frank, like Tony, has mentioned that to him it's fixable because it's all about communication. The problem is beyond communication, you see at right tackle, you see Braden Smith getting beat handily, you see Danny Pinter at right guard getting trucked, to the quarterback. You see a lot of defensive players untouched on stunts or twists or blitzes to the quarterback, and it doesn't honestly look a great deal about communication. It looks really more about how dysfunctional this line is. And, Tony, it just can't be that way. For this team to be as good as people expect, there's no way that this offensive line can continue to play like that. Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, The Fan, every Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, you, you're not wrong about Pinter. I mean, it was it, it, it was ugly uh, on Sunday. But the win is the win, and this team is 1-1-1. One, one, one. Um, so uh, to half of people's minds, this is not an acceptable record. To, to the other uh, half, man, this is better than we thought they would be. You take on Tennessee, another division game. What are we looking at? What are the chances here? 
It's magnified, Tony. It's even bigger than last week. I mean, getting on the board with a win last week was huge. There's no doubt about that. This is magnified because it's a division game and because you haven't won a division game yet. We expected them at least. I right, we we thought that they would be, you know, in the neighborhood of two and one right now, right? With two wins in those first two weeks of losing at Kansas City. Well, they beat Kansas City. You kind of wipe the slate clean, but you got to get back into this because you have to get a division win. You have to hold serve at home, considering you have that divisional loss on the road in Jacksonville and that tie in Houston. So this is actually Tony a much bigger game than what was last week because of the implications within the division. So this is a game that they have to have. And really, when you think about it, Jim Irsay has been outspoken about two things this offseason. It's about getting Carson Wentz out of here, which they did, and it's about beating Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. And I, I think this is my opinion. I think he's been a little bit smitten with Tennessee and Mike Vrabel. He likes the way that they play. They're tough. They're hard-nosed. They've had results. They're the one seed a year ago in the postseason. The year prior, they go to the AFC title game. I think he's a bit smitten, and he's a bit jealous, wanting his team to look more like that. So he has put a lot of pressure on his team to handle the Titans this year. This is a huge game, but beyond that, it's within the division, and it's a game you absolutely have to have. I've called it Super Premium must win on Sunday, Tony. Super premium must win is pretty high. Is, is that a thing? Super premium must win? Eh, I just made it up right here. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I want to get back to this Matt Ryan conversation because yeah. you have Nick Foles, you have Sam Ellinger, you have opportunities to say, you know what? Again, we went with the with the vet. It's not working out for us. Well, well Philip Rivers, he left. Uh, Matt Ryan, you, you're. I think you're right. Isn't uh, isn't throwing well? Is there a moment that you say, you know what? Let let let's let's make the change now, and 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 Matt can just you know take our money the rest of the year. So uh, the only way that happens is, and it may happen because he may not last. He being Matt Ryan, if his offensive line continues to protect in the fashion in which they have, so there's going to be which a is true. I, I shouldn't put it all on Matt Ryan. There's some right. on Matt Ryan, but there's definitely some on that line. Right. You're correct. Well, yeah, I think I think what I gather from you, he's not going to get benched because of what I described him as looking on Sunday. He will have to grab some bench if he's injured. And this offensive line, he's not, you know, I think he's missed what uh, a game and I don't know how many years he has been beaten up. There's no doubt about that. So if Nick Foles gets in the lineup, that means he is injured. And that's the only way that Nick Foles is going to get any time. He's not going to come in because they see what I see or they agree with what I see or whatever. The only way you're going to see Foles is if Matt Ryan is injured. And this offensive line is protecting as such so far this year. Well, that's not out of the realm of possibility, Tony. So there's no chance if they're no. down by three touchdowns that uh, Coach Reich is like, you know what? Time to see what else is out there. I can't imagine. I cannot even imagine. Now, listen, the NFL has a way really to make you, if you make these exact word, you know, exact word promises that make you look bad. But I, I can't imagine there's a way outside of injury that Matt Ryan gets benched and Foles comes in. Your prediction, what is the score of this game? Um, well, I, I kind of needed to go Costanza. I've missed them all three times this year, and I was going to the opposite with George Costanza to try to help my Colts friends and fans out there. But I think the Colts are going to win this game. They're going to win this game because it's a have-to again. And if they don't, they dig themselves, Tony, a huge hole, and you really erase all the goodwill that was built last week against Kansas City. I think you play off that fourth quarter. I think you get that win coming up on Sunday. You go into the short week, go into Denver, and really start to make some things interesting if you're for real, if you 
you lose on Sunday, you are what you thought or what we thought you were after this Jacksonville game, and you're a pretender. Always love a little Denny Green commentary. They are who we thought they were. Oh, oh, I think that's one of the best rants in all of sports history. JMV, 93.5, The Fan. I always appreciate him being with us right there. 3 to 6 p.m. is when you catch him over there at, at The Fan. I, I do uh, abs- absolutely positively believe that when it comes to this team, um, I, 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 have, I have no skin in the game. Right, you know, JMV talking about being in, in in the press box. You know, I when I started here, I wanted to be in the press box. I wanted to learn from those guys about what it is they were saying and when they with what they were experiencing. One of the things I didn't know is you didn't clap, you didn't react to things. So the Colts had done well, and I had actually clapped. So I was like, no, you don't do that. I was like, okay, I didn't know. Right, I didn't know. It was the first time in there, uh, and then all of a sudden the Colts took my press passes. That's an absolutely true story. What really happened is there was an admiral in the press box, something with something the Navy was doing with the NFL, but there was an a, uh, incursion going on regarding I, I I don't remember if it was Iraq, I don't remember if it was Iran, I don't remember what it was, and I, I, let, I let the admiral know I was going to ask about it, and I asked about it, because I am who I am, I do what I do, and all the Colts were angry, but they never told me, they just took the press passes, they, just, they, 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 they took away my press access, which I always thought was one of the weakest things ever to take place, and so I, I made my peace with the fact that the Colts are who they are, and they engage in and and a highly uh, uh, political uh, ways, and it only goes one way. If an admiral cannot be asked a question about the U.S. military at any time, then that's not an admiral. Tell him to go work at Dairy Queen. An admiral has to be able to answer a question about the military. How? What are you talking about? That's all it is. Is and anybody who thinks otherwise, including a member of the cult, is just wrong. Now, the guy who was in charge at the time, I don't know if he's still in charge in time, so I don't know how the cults would feel uh, about that situation. I don't know, certainly don't know how they feel uh, about me now. All I know is when they started putting together Kicking the Stigma, all I said was I, I talk about mental health a, a-, a lot. I- I'm-, I'm more than happy uh, to-, to help out in any way I can. They've never taken me up uh, uh, on the thing. But then I, I have, you know, the general manager, Chris Ballard, wanting to talk about uh, guns, and I have many questions about the things that he chooses to talk about and not talk about. I haven't gotten an answer to that yet. So I, again, don't know what my relationship is with the Colts to, to the extent that I have any relationship, which is also totally fine. They don't have to have a relationship with me. I don't have a relationship with them. I want them to do well because it's good for the city. This is This is what I want. But man... Don't tell me that KC game was a good game. Don't tell me the team looked good. Objectively, they didn't look good. Objectively, I think that this was a fair amount of luck. An outrageous amount of luck. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I only hope uh, that... That luck moves on because luck is good, man. If, if if you could utilize luck to your advantage, that's it. But I think that uh, JMB's got it right. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was not looking good. Matt Ryan was not looking good. That's all there is. I don't know how else to say it. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. There is a Twitter account that exists 
from a, a guy uh, named Defiant Ls. And Defiant Ls, I don't know if he means losers, I don't know if he means liberals, or he means loss, uh, losses. I, I'm not sure what the L stands for. But take the L, take the loss. That's what I assume uh, it, it, it is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And what he does, better than near anybody, is he takes a look at how people engage social media today and then goes back and takes a look at things they said a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, and says, huh, what's different in this? And the only thing you find different is the person's politics. In this one, Defiant L's took on George Takei. Sulu, Star Trek. He has some other credits to his name, but that's certainly what he's most famous for. And George Takei has decided to make himself the most important liberal on social media ever. I don't know that he is, because remember, I lived through the, the Alyssa Milano days. You don't even hear from her anymore. But George Takei can't stop thinking that somehow he has got morality on his side. In this situation, he is trying to find a way to, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Apologize for President Biden. And in doing so, he says, when you get to a certain age, it does become increasingly difficult to remember who is alive and who has died. It's not something younger people have to consider that often. Cut the president some slack already. Now, we're talking about Joe Biden when he couldn't figure out, couldn't remember that Representative Walorski was dead. Representative Walorski of Indiana, he couldn't, couldn't remember. Could not remember that Walorski was dead. Here, this was the audio. Positions like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. That was at an event at the White House on, on hunger. And, well, yeah, Jackie Walorski wasn't there. Jackie Walorski passed away last month. Horrific car accident. Her staffers and one was driving the car, crossed the median as the police uh, report goes, hit another woman who also died. It's awful on horror. But there's, there's George Takei to say, give the president some slack for not remembering that a woman died. In June of 2017, George Takai said on Twitter, many say we should go easy on a man, clearly not himself, probably suffering from early onset mental issues. But I say Trump is fair game. Why would I look to George Takai for any conversation regarding humanity or decency when he's not a decent guy? His decision on whether or not to be good to people is solely and exclusively based on whether or not he likes their politics, not on his own humanity. George Takei's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Remember, Donald Trump once held on to a handrail going down a ramp. And people said, oh, What's wrong with him? Is he okay? Is it physical? Is it mental? We need to look into this. Can he handle the office? Joe Biden on the daily 
on the daily has a gaffe that is just absolutely stunning, shocking, and appalling. Something that makes you go, oh my gosh, I wouldn't let this guy have a driver's license. But you ignore it because you know he's got a D after his name. Just want you to know that you don't have to worry about George Takei. You just got to be honest about what's going on around you. Find everything at TonyCats.locals.com. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Catch you Monday. Take care.